Welcome, everyone, to episode two of Behind the Podium. Today, we've got two members of our Podium Esports team lined up for you. Kyle Barnes, our Chief Competition Officer, is here with us, along with James Krahula, our Chief Innovation Officer. And they're going to tell you a little bit more about the way we have our competition structured at Podium Esports and our plans to bring Podium Esports out from the sim racing world and into the realm of esports. We start today with Kyle Barnes. And welcome back to the second episode of Behind the Podium. And we are back with our Chief Competition Officer, Mr. Kyle Barnes, who is going to delve a little bit more into the competition aspect, the actual racing here at Podium Esports, since it is so central to everything that we do here. So, Kyle, I'm just, I guess starting off by talking about your experience as Competition Director at CEA and what you learned from that experience. Uh, well, alongside Competition Director, I wore pretty much all the hats over there. I was also the, the owner, the marketing guy, the the salesman when I needed to be, pretty much everything. Um, but as far as the competition aspect, uh, CEA focused mainly on short track racing. We tried to emulate the car store from real life, whom we had a partnership with for three seasons. I, I think it went fairly well. Um, we learned rather quickly, though, that sim racers are very quick to latch on to sim racing ideas, but very slow to latch on to real life racing ideas. Uh, that was one of the things that really stood out to me in my tenure with CEA. The The people who run leagues nowadays and, and run on sim racing, they want not so much an instant gratification, but at least a schedule that fits into a sim racing lifestyle versus a real life lifestyle. Uh, what I mean by that is <laughs> you don't have guys that want to run once every other week. You have guys that want to come on there, run six to seven nights a week, and they want to run multiple races in those nights. Now, not everybody in the sim racing community is like that, but I would say a pretty fair amount are. And uh, most of the drivers that I had over there at CEA were like that. And we actually lost out on a lot of guys because of that very reason. Um, so when I came over to Podium Esports, that was one thing that I really wanted to, to nail down was a schedule and a format with our current series to where we can offer somebody who maybe doesn't have the time to run all the time, a series such as Cars or Street Stock that isn't weekly, uh, doesn't really have as much of a necessity to be on every single night, honing your skills, your racecraft, that sort of thing, uh, while also allowing the guys who want to be on every single week, uh, you know, for half a year, a year, whatever, the chance to run with the truck and elite guys. And I think competition wise, that was probably my biggest takeaway was just how we need to set up the servers, how we need to organize the series themselves and how we need to carry about going into 2019. I also helped out with the SSCA last year and Gary Sexton on the cup and truck side, or excuse me, the truck and, uh, excuse me again, the cup and challenger side. Um, those two series were really my first, dabble into the big three of NASCAR, so to speak. Um, of course, I ran a truck series over at CEA, but that was mainly short track, so I wouldn't really attribute that to much. But um, SSCA really, really gave me an idea of what the uh, big NASCAR drivers on iRacing want. And I think once you balled all that together, we really came up with something special over here at Podium. 
Well, I was going to ask what you learned from your CEA experience that you brought over to Podium, uh, but you kind of tackled that a little bit already. So I think I'm going to jump into what I thought was the biggest point of that answer there, which was the idea of making sure that you've got different kinds of series for different kinds of sim racers between the ones who are still trying to get used to things versus the ones who have experience, who want to compete at the highest level and that sort of thing. So in... The Elite Series and the Trunk Series, you've gone with a two-division format. Can you explain to our audience why you have set up the Truck Series and the Elite Series that way? Well, with all due respect to the other leagues on iRacing, um, I think most all the leagues on iRacing do very well, but one thing that I've noticed that a lot of leagues do is if they do any sort of a stepping stone type of deal to where, uh, you know, if you got a guy that maybe just started out on iRacing, you know, instead of letting everybody run any division they want, they have series set up to where you start out in street stock or you start out in truck, you know, whichever route you're going. And then the next step, once you successfully go through there, is you'll go up to Xfinity or you'll go up to... uh, the, the late models, for example, if you're talking street or short track stuff. I, personally, I'm not a fan of that. And, and here's why. If you look at any other gaming or esport, you know, out there in the world, anywhere, on any platform, the first thing available to anybody is accessibility. And what I mean by that is if you go to another game such as CSGO, for example... When you go into that game, once you get to a certain rank and you go into competitive, you have access to everything, for the most part, that a person who's spent five to ten years on CSGO has. And that was one of the things to me that I feel like leagues on iRacing could do such a better job of, is making everything accessible to the drivers. And that's why I went with the division format I did for 2019, is because I want somebody who starts out on iRacing, purchases iRacing for the purpose of driving in the trucks or driving in the cup cars. They're able to do that through our truck and Elite Series. And the way we work it is we have a qualification series, for those who don't know. It's a five-race season. Um, Of those five races, we take your best three. Uh, Then what we do is we stagger people into divisions. We have a gold division um, that houses the the top talent here at Podium Esports in both truck and elite. And then we have silver divisions beyond that. Now, that's not to say the silver guys are any less, James, but they're able to, you know, put out their skills on the broadcast just as well as a gold guy is in his division. You know, that's something that we offer, but they don't have to worry about somebody like a Michael Guest or a Logan Clampett or uh, an Andrew Fayash or Jimmy Mullis, somebody like that coming down and dominating and them never having a chance to win. So, you know, accessibility and allowing them a chance to have their um, spotlight on the broadcast was the biggest reason for the division format. And I think in that there's a little bit of making sure that the drivers in the silver division get as much spotlight as those in gold, which I know is a point that you've also made to me in our discussions here at Podium. So uh, accessibility, I guess, in another sense, maybe from a more uh, media broadcasting sense as well. Now, if that's the sort of place that the truck and the elite series occupy within Podium Spectrum of series, talk a little bit more about the places that the street stock series and the cars East 
Sport Tour, which is also moving to podium for 2019 Occupy, because I know when you compare them to the Trunk Series and the Elite Series, they aren't necessarily the same in design and in format as the Trucks and Elite, and that is very intentional and for good reason. Well, the only thing that I personally believe is similar between the Street Stocks and the Cars Tour uh, eSports series that we have is their short track. Um, street stock actually does have divisions, but that is sort of like our beginner series. The street stocks, for example, they don't have a qualification series. Um, you know, they're not, uh, really running as much of a schedule as the trucks and elite are. However, they still go to short tracks while also occasionally going to the big tracks. The street stocks, if you have somebody that's brand new to iRacing, buys it the day of, they can sign up for this league and they can run in our silver division. Whereas if you have somebody like a Matt Cooker or a Christian Peterson that wants to come and play in the street stocks, they can go in gold and race against guys of their skill level. So that's, that's the main premise of the street stock series. Cars, on the other hand, uh, this is a completely new territory for me because last year and the year previous, when we did our three seasons with Cars Tour, the, the thing that me and Tony had always worked out, Tony Stevens, um, over there at the Cars Tour in real life, uh, we had worked out a deal to where essentially we were going to copycat them and we were going to try and run the same rules, the same event formats, the same scheduling and all that jazz. But to be honest with you, as much as it works in real life, is the exact reason it doesn't work on sim racing. And that's with all due respect to cars because they run a great show in real life. And and you can attest to that. But as far as the sim racers go, you know, with our event format last year, we ran two divisions almost every night and we didn't run them, but every two or three weeks. So you would have late models and super late models. So you would run a late model stock practice and then you would go into a super late model practice and then you'd go back to qualifying and those would alternate back. And then if we had to have a last chance race, you had to run the last chance race. And then if you ran the late model stock, she was going to run after the last chance races. And if you ran super late model and you made the feature straight from qualifying, you had to sit for an hour and a half. And it, you know, as much sense as that makes in real life, it doesn't make sense on sim racing because people want to race right then and there. They don't want to sit around for an hour and a half to two hours, which is the biggest reason why next year we're going to a um, heat racing format with that series. Uh, it's going to be the top 60 qualifiers from the previous day. We'll qualify 24 hour. We'll have a 24 hour qualifying session on Tuesday. It'll go all the way to eight o'clock on Wednesday. Uh, and then after that eight o'clock, point we'll take the top 60 qualifiers they'll go into a heat race server and then those guys will have to duke it out and make it from the heats to the lcqs to the feature and then that'll set our 32 or 40 car field wherever we're going um but you know dropping super late model and dropping a lot of the stuff that we were doing last year is going to be a big help to that series uh over here at podium Okay, so you've sort of discussed the four series in detail and their places within Podium. I want to sort of revisit that a little bit and come back to the idea. Let's say, uh, you know, if you've got an ideal sort of person that, or an ideal sort of sim racer that each series is defined for, can you walk me through the four series and tell me the type of sim racer for which each series is ideal? Okay, well, to preface this, uh, I will say anybody can run anything at podium. The only restrictions that we have are trucks. You got to be a class D 2.0, which, you know, is very easy to find. And then elite, you have to be a class C 
2.0, which doesn't take very long at all, given the the licensing over here on iRacing. But if I had to give all four um, street stocks to somebody that's looking for a fun league uh, series that isn't going to run every single week, it's just going to you know run once every couple weeks, short tracks, big tracks. It's just going to be that fun place to go race. Late model stock, hardcore um, sim racing fans, hardcore short track racers, they're going to love that series. Uh, there's no provisional, so if you like being on the edge of your seat all the time, that's the series that you're going to want to run. Trucks feature a diverse schedule um, opposite of the real world. We don't go to a bunch of mile and a half. So we go to short tracks, super speedways, road courses, and dirt tracks on the truck schedule. And then Elite Series is similar to trucks in the aspect that we run more short tracks, but um, you're not going to find anything that you would find anywhere else on iRacing in terms of schedule. Um, there's a few leagues that have tried something similar, but not as much as we're diving into next year. So if you're a sim racing uh, driver and you just like a challenge elite's going to be the place for you never mind the fact that i would say most of the strongest competition that we've seen so far in podium esports has come from the elite series especially with the number of drivers who have pro or world championship licenses and the number of drivers who have come over from the peak antifree series to run on thursday nights yeah i believe we have five or six peak antifreeze guys um, I, I'm not going to list them because I know I'll miss a couple, uh, but I do know we have about five or six of those guys. And then we have, I want to say four to five or six pro licensed drivers, um, that are not currently in peak, uh, that are doing the pro series over the winter, but still yet. I mean, to have, you know, 10 plus guys with a black stripe on their back bumper is a pretty big statement for us just now coming on the scene and, and how much trust they have with us. Uh, I would think that's that's sort of the uh, I, I would say the pinnacle series of podium as well the the epitome of the best competition that we push so much at podium uh, that's where you're going to find it because that's where you see so many of these guys and I think uh, in another sense too so many streamers as well so many different guys who are already on Twitch that stream their in cars uh, that are going to be around too. Yeah, now the streaming I'll let somebody else pick up on, but that is going to be a huge thing about the Elite Series. We have a ton of streamers in there. There's a ton of streamers in the trucks as well. However, I, I do want to say, Pike, while the best competition may be in the Elite Series, that does not mean that uh, the competition can't be as good over in the truck series. We have a lot of talented guys over there and we even have some peak and pro guys over there as well. So, I mean, you know, it's just one of the beauties of this division format. Anything, anybody can run anything. There's no maximums. There's no minimums other than the safety rating stuff. Um, you know, it's accessible and these guys are going to be on equal footing once 2019 comes around. Oh, geez. Okay. Slate me now. I see how it is. Actually, in all seriousness, though, uh, is there anything that I missed that you want to touch on that I haven't touched on already? Uh, one thing that we're bringing into 2019 is a little bit more fan interaction. Uh, one thing that we're looking at potentially doing, this is not set in stone for any drivers who may be listening to this, but the truck series, for example, it has a uh, hometown short track schedule, essentially within the the 25 race schedule those hometown short tracks are all under a half mile with the exception of Irwindale and Myrtle Beach at those short tracks we do a halfway break um <laughs> like they would do back in the 90s or like the K&N series does now where you come in you take four tires and you go back out and race one thing we're 
looking to try and secure for 2019 uh, while also bringing the fans on board is to have an invert at halfway. And at the halfway break, we'll do some sort of payout with whoever we can hopefully get on board. And that payout may go to the top person. It may go to the top five. Whatever we can secure is what we'll do. But um, during that halfway break, this is something that comes back to us going to Twitch is we can actually do fan votes. So one thing that I would love to implement as the competition director is a fan vote at halfway for an invert. So let's say that during the end, during the halfway break, we offer an invert vote of four, six, eight, ten, or twelve. Well, the fans can vote for whatever number they want to. Maybe they have a favorite driver sitting in eighth place that they want to see go to the lead. Um, you know that sort of interaction with the fans is something that I want to bring to the competition while also working with the drivers to ensure that we still got a safe uh, place to race out there. Fair enough. Sounds like you've got a few more ideas down the pipeline that we're going to see a little bit later in 2019, but I think we're going to cross that bridge when we get to it. But for now, say thank you so much for coming on to the show, Kyle, and uh, we look forward to seeing a lot more of you as this thing gets rolling. And so, from Kyle, we shift our attention from the competition side to the innovation side and bring in our Chief Innovation Officer, Mr. James Krahula. We'll talk a little bit more about how we plan to expand Podium beyond the sim racing world. James, how are you doing? Mr. James Pike, I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Start off by just talking a little bit about your role at Podium Esports. The Chief Innovation Officer role can encompass a lot of different things. It's sort of a broad term, uh, not necessarily specific, and that's for a good reason. What exactly do you do within Podium Esports? And so a lot of it is we're bringing sim racing to a new platform that the broadcast side really hasn't been on too much with Twitch and we think that Twitch really offers uh, a lot of very unique situations that uh, really haven't been utilized here in uh, sim racing, you know, over the years. I still remember years ago when uh, it was on the uh, well, OLR TV, and in order to we'll go watch the broadcast afterwards, uh, you would have to purchase a DVD. I have one of those DVDs sitting on my desk right next to me right now uh, to let you know how far we've come. Uh, and so that's... Uh, uh, to me, I just think that, uh, you know, Twitch is the next frontier that we're now taking it to and kind of the next uh, the next level and the next step that I think that, uh, you know, sim racing needs to go in order to become a credible esport uh, just to just to kind of get started off with one. Yeah, there's a lot of corporate speak, wink, wink, in that. But uh, when we talk about taking sim racing to the next level, as an esport, what in your mind does that generally mean to you? Well, and there are a couple things. I mean, look at some of the more uh, popular esports that are out there. I mean, we just had, you know, the Call of Duty tournament in Vegas this last weekend, and uh, Rocket League just had their uh, collegiate uh, finals in the uh, the new esports stadium in Arlington. And, the, you know, there are you know, it's on ESPN.com as an official uh, sport now, and there's an official section on ESPN. And so there is, you know, a market for esports. And with racing also being something uh, that's very established in uh, the sporting world as well, uh, again, I think that there is a lot of opportunity to merge those two. And, you know, that's kind of our ultimate end goal is to get to 
those next levels that you're seeing, uh, you know, other established esports, uh, you know, heading. Uh, and so, and where they actually already are. And, you know, that's, that's our goal is we made so much progress over the years. Now it's time to, uh, to see where else that, uh, we can go. And, uh, fortunately for us, a lot of, uh, these other, uh, games and these other esports have, are kind of pave the path for us. And so, uh, we just need to, uh, uh, you know, walk down that path. In listening to your answer there, you kind of, uh, I guess, imply that sim racing, you know, might not necessarily be quite where some of the other esports are, like a CSGO, like a Call of Duty, like a Rocket League. Can you pinpoint what sim racing has been missing compared to some of the other esports platforms out there? Well, and I think that's a, Fascinating question, and there's going to be debate left and right on there. But I mean, uh, you know, look what NASCAR just announced with uh, uh, their new uh, eNASCAR league, uh, but utilizing the NASCAR Heat uh, game, which again, these uh, these sanctioning bodies they're attempting to get uh, you know sim racing and racing into that esports realm. Uh, Formula One has been doing a fantastic job with their uh, with their esports league and getting the the teams involved. Uh, but you know that's one thing where it it's still treated exactly as a racing series, and so the racing fans absolutely enjoy it. Uh, though we're we're cutting it down, uh, you know, very much from there. Uh, but a Esports gives us a fantastic platform and much more uh, diversity than we really do have in real life racing that I think could easily be utilized uh, in the future to, you know, again, merge the world. I've said this multiple times in all of our interviews, merge the world of auto racing and esports. And I think that it could be a perfect marriage. And I believe that there are a lot of things from the esports side that sim racing can benefit from. And I think that there is a lot of stuff uh, that esports can benefit from sim racing uh, to help grow both of those and, you know, be one of the top legitimate esports uh, that people are talking about, uh, you know, in the next few years. I would guess then that based off what you said, that support from sort of the real world organizations is a very big piece of this. I know there are a few other big parts and pieces that go along with this as well. How important of a factor do you think the support from those organizations is to grow sim racing as an export? I, and the support is, is fantastic. I mean, what Formula One has been doing and what, uh, you know, the Cars Tour is uh, doing here uh, with us at Podium, uh, what NASCAR is trying to do with the eNASCAR series and, you know, the Peak Antifreeze series, uh, you know, their support, it by no means hurts. And I think that's actually very beneficial uh, to bringing racing fans to the you know, the the interest to the uh, the esports realm and then of course us as sim racing fans we're very excited to see that support uh, but one thing I feel that maybe isn't being captured as well is these you know these organizations they know racing very very well that's what they've been doing for uh, decades they have that down they do a very good job of that. But the esports world is completely different than than racing. And, you know, there there are a couple of uh, 
you know, the competitive side of it, you know, there is a little bit that, uh, you know, they do have in common, but they're, they're treating it as a racing series, which again is great, but, uh, esports can be so much more than, uh, than that. You have, again, have so many more options with the virtual world that you're able to, uh, Hosts more people. The cost to entry is much, uh, much, much smaller than getting into real life racing. You're giving guys out there that would never have a chance to, uh, to you know, the race in the top levels of Formula One or NASCAR uh, that now get to compete on a high level here at a fraction of the cost. Uh, and again, you know, we talked about you know uh, Lando Norris and uh, William Byron getting to the top levels of the sport, and they think you know platforms such as iRacing in order to get them there. And I think that, uh, again, they, those guys are huge, uh, ambassadors for sim racing and, you know, I racing and having the support of their series, trying to acknowledge this as well is absolutely fantastic, but you go to the esports world and it's very, very foreign, uh, from what they're trying to do. And it's not recognizable as an esport; it's recognizable as a racing series. So, uh, our definitely our goal here is to find that esports aspect and merge it with uh, with sim racing to again elevate them to the higher level, get more people involved, uh, and you know really take full advantage of again esports is the fastest growing sport in the world right now. There is so much potential for growth, and right now it just hasn't been nailed to fully merge those two and bring sim racing to its rightful place in the top level of, uh, of esports. And I'm hoping that, you know, the team that we have here, uh, we're able to unlock those ideas and the, you know, the, uh, the magic code to, uh, you know, to get them to, to break through that barrier and uh, get to the next level. Can you talk a little bit about the differences between sim racing as a form of motorsport versus sim racing as an esport, as you see it and as we see it here at Podium? And there, there are multiple things that uh, we have. You know, we have in real life. You know, you could have uh, engine failures. Uh, that's not something that is nearly as prominent in uh, in the sim racing world. But you still could have connection issues, which could be a uh, a huge problem as well. Um, but also again, going out to even, you know, what's the legends car, you're going to be spending close to around, you know, maybe, uh, 10 grand to get all your equipment and get a used legends car to be able to go out and race, which is one of the, uh, you know, uh, 600 racing it's, uh, they created the legends car to be one of the more affordable forms of motorsport uh, and allowing new people to get in there. But still, that's a good chunk of change that a lot of people are, uh, having to deal with. Whereas with sim racing, you could get out there. Now you're not going to be competitive with, uh, with a keyboard like I was when I first started, uh, back in NASCAR racing 2003, uh, days, but, uh, you know, you could go out and get a basic, you know, Logitech steering wheel for around, uh, 300, $400. And, you know, you still have those, uh, incredibly really nice, uh, steering wheels. You're able to, to go out there and get that, uh, you know, a couple thousand dollars, you get the rig and you could spend all that money, uh, for sure to definitely get the nice stuff. And you, you could maybe pick up a little bit of time, but you have that kid that is on the $300, uh, wheel that you buy at a big box store and, 
is just as competitive as some of the drivers that are racing on the most state of the art stuff. So the cost, uh, you know, while you, you still need to have a good internet connection and it doesn't hurt to have the nicer stuff, uh, Whereas you go out and you have the most basic stuff in the real racing world and you have the highest end stuff, there is a huge gap there. Uh, even a spec racing series, you see that all the time uh, with you know series like IndyCar right now. Uh, you see a huge gap when that's essentially a, uh, a spec series, the way that they are running it right now. And so the well-funded teams versus the underfunded teams, there's a huge gap there. And that gap disappears uh, here in iRacing. You know, there's... Uh, it's not hard to overcome those uh, those barriers. So the person that's just starting out that is uh, beginning, uh, they can compete. And so the fact that they're able to uh, deal with uh, the racing world, which is typically, uh, especially now, it's coming a, a buy-your-seat type uh, situation. Well, that's uh, we don't have that problem uh, nearly to the extent that we do in sim racing. So it really gives a nice even ground for uh, these new uh, up-and-coming drivers that really have talent to be able to show their stuff. Uh, for one example, that I think is uh, is very very important. So go ahead and talk about a little bit of the balance between sim racing as an esport and sim racing as a form of motorsports. And as CI on podium, how do you sort of find a balance between the two? And uh, that's a very hard question because it hasn't been done yet. It hasn't been nailed yet by, by anyone. And again, there's been multiple attempts and uh, you know, again, uh, no, no knocking for any attempts that have been done and the involvement from, uh, you know, major motorsports, but, you know, go and, you know, look at the, the huge, uh, call of duty event in Las Vegas this last weekend. And, uh, you know, go and look at again, uh, you know, rock, uh, rocket league was just not the, the largest esports arena that was just built here in Arlington. And, you know, look at all the people that were showing up for that event. Uh, that's something that we, have not really had in sim racing. So is there a way that we could get sim racing to an event like that? I think that it is possible to find that, to find that format that people will want to come out for that as a esports fan, that is a video game fan that I want to go and watch that. That's going to be fascinating to go and watch as a motorsports fan seeing that and go, well, I, I have to go see that. I have to go see what this is about. And again, it, you saw that a little bit, uh, formula one, uh, did a fantastic job with, uh, uh, with their, you know, esports division. But I think that, you know, there's, there's a lot of potential there. Uh, so how do we get sim racing to have that, feel that you know a call of duty tournament has that it has a rocket tournament how do we get that feel and i think that there are uh, a few avenues that really haven't been taken by uh anyone in the sim racing realm yet that uh you know can make that happen so basically then trying to bring sim racing to life and outside of the internet i guess would be a large chunk of what you're game for well, yeah, I mean, look at, you know, esports is all over the, the news now. It's on, you know, uh, you know, daytime TV. Uh, my, my mom knows who Ninja is. That is absolutely blows my mind that my mom knows who, uh, who Ninja is. And he's, uh, uh, you know, and so 
it's becoming mainstream esports. Uh, sim racing is still very much in the niche stage right now. So how do we get it mainstream? And I think that we have a, a pretty awesome plan that could probably uh, get us closer to that mainstream, that main stage. All righty. Well, we look forward to seeing what you can tackle and accomplish here in the months and years to come with Podium. But for now, thank you so much for your time, James, and uh, we'll keep an eye out for you in the coming weeks. And that will do it for episode two of Behind the Podium. Join us for episode three later on this month in which we get together with our chief design officer and our chief of production. Gary Sexton and Cisco Scaramuza are both going to be on the show to talk about what they do with Podium Esports all in advance of the first race, the Podium Esports Street Stock Series on January 2nd, 2019. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Behind the Podium. For everyone at Podium Esports, I'm James Pike. Thanks so long, and we will see you for episode three. <laughs>